You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From our living new man, Ben Here's our parents, Sean and Camille Brace. Welcome. This is Mission Lab. My name is Camille Brace, and I'm here with my wonderful husband, Sean. And it's good to be back. This is episode 57, and this one is actually untitled. We don't have a title for it. At this point, by the time you're listening to it, we will probably have a title. I'm sure Sean will come up with yes, some creative... It will, it will unfold. It will just It will emerge, if I can use a term that some people get worried about. It will unfold as we go through this, so yeah. So, um, what is it? End of June here? Coming End up to June. July well, 4. By the time I... people are listening, it will be July by the time people are listening to this. And July 4 actually happens to be my second favorite holiday. What's your favorite? Christmas, of course. Oh, I thought it was like Labor Day or something. No. Okay. Uh, so, anyway, do you have any summer plans, Camille? We do have summer plans, Sean, yes. Oh, okay. All right. We've already had some of those plans that we've already, you know, taken part in. But we have more. Month of July is going to be extremely busy. Yep. We head down to Freeport, Maine, which is the southern part of Maine. Mm-hmm. And we'll be camping in a tent for 10 days. Now, I like camping. As much as the next guy. <laughs> but for 10 days. Yeah. we, did, we um, It gets... It's a little tiring. The kids love it, though. Yeah, we did. Uh, we probably mentioned this last year when we were going to camp meeting. Um, yeah. But yeah. And then after that, we'll be at another camp meeting for a couple days in Nova Scotia. Shout out to our Nova Scotian friends. Pugwash. Um, and Woo-hoo. then we'll be uh, for a few a week plus at our at our place, our summer place, our vacation place, whatever we want to call it. In Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, my family has uh, property there. So anyway, we don't need to get into all that. We have fraternized a little bit more recently in these podcasts, but uh, we hope you just gain insight into the lives of our our glamorous (laughs) lives. lives. Uh, So anyway, so not only do we not have a title, but we have not even shared with our audience what in the world this podcast is about. Uh, So backstory. So you, your yeah. backstory, I mean, backstory. this is more of your backstory. Yeah, my backstory. Because you've been yes. working with some people. Yes. Yeah, I've been working with people. That sounds like I'm working them, like whatever. But no, we, uh, just this week, two individuals uh, have talked to me about seriously contemplating joining our church. Um, these are individuals that, uh, one of which I have been uh, journeying with and doing life with for a while. We have been, uh, another one. Well, another one has been, uh, with us in our congregation for a a long time. And, um, and so it's not like this came out of nowhere, but we have had very, very, very explicit conversations this week. And, uh, this kind of brings us to a, a place that's been there in the back of my mind for a while as we've been on this missional, incarnational discipleship journey. Uh, and that is, you know, questions of, okay, membership, quote unquote, requirements. Uh, what is the purpose of membership? What is the, 
um, the you know how what should one have to believe in order to be a member and so forth. Um, and we're not ready to. Uh, don't worry, we are not throwing the whole thing out the window. But uh, there's been some interesting processing um, in my in my experience here this last week, and it starts with. Uh, so historically, Camille, um, within the Seventh-day Adventist church, historically, our traditional model of evangelism um, is that the people who express interest in joining our church, historically, this is just my experience, are primarily interested in truth, quote-unquote, uh, as, ex- as an intellectual exercise and these people are really excited about the the truth. They want to know what the Bible says about this topic or that topic. You know, they may come to a prophecy seminar. Um, they, you know, may come to some sort of, uh, you know, seminar we're putting on about uh, health. Or they, you know, there's there's just a a hunger for like intellectual truth. But um, but but as I've observed that historically there's two things that have jumped out to me and then there's something that connects with what we're talking about in this episode and that is number one we basically don't have any type of evangelistic model to reach those who are not consciously asking questions about what the bible teaches so again our model that we have traditionally used is we are we are targeting if you will a very, very small slice of society, and that is those who are already consciously interested in what does the Bible teach about the Sabbath, right? Yeah, so like those cards that we send out mm-hmm. prior to evangelistic series or after evangelistic series that, are you interested in Bible studies? You're saying that's the only people that we currently basically target basically now we also have health health type of uh ministries where we try to bring people in through health uh ministry and so forth that's true but by and large we are mostly targeting people through our methods that um are at like if if you're talking a scale of one to ten one being no interest at all ten being like hyper interested in in the bible and what Adventism might teach. Um, we basically target people who are already like a seven. Let's just put it that way. The challenge there, among other things, is that that is such a small segment of Western society. Very, very few people in secular society in the West are consciously wondering what the Bible says about X, uh, at least to any significant degree. Where they will show up, you know, at church on their own, or they'll send in a Bible study card interest uh, indication, you know, go to a prophecy seminar. So, so, but just to be clear, this is not to say that nobody is interested yeah. in that. Like, because people still do come in. Yeah, people still do come in, and you know, no doubt there's uh, a a seasoned evangelist listening to this who's like, but I get fifty people coming to my meetings. That's not to deny that that happens. It's just to say that the vast majority of society in Western world and specifically in Maine are not sitting there saying to themselves, I wonder what the Bible teaches about X. Yeah, because we have a a slightly different uh, region. As we've mentioned before and as most people know, we are not in the Bible Belt, which is in the 
southern part of the United States mm-hmm. where so many people have a church background. Uh, that is not our our area at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. It's very much secularized and very much um, not a lot of people go to church or have grown up going to church mm-hmm. here. So all this is simply to say, this is the point I'm kind of I'm kind of leading to, is that what I have actually observed is that the people we are doing life with and discipling who are non-Seventh-day Adventists and or non-Christians, by and large, those people who are leaning into faith are primarily attracted to our mission, at least at this point. Helping others, loving others. They're interested in like, investing in people, doing life with people, experiencing loving community. Uh, They love being accepted. They love being embraced. They love being loved. You know, they love the idea of community and and like I said, doing life together. Um, So in some ways they, they enjoy and they love experiencing the fruit of the gospel as lived out by. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to put it. Missionaries, but their interest conscious interest in the message of the gospel the deep theological yeah is is to some degree not as present and so all is um, all I'm saying is um that's different than what adventists are typically familiar with like we know how to handle people who want to know the truth like yeah. they we slap down those yeah, you know, twenty Bible study lessons yeah, or whatever yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so we know how to we know how to interact with those people, and we know how to bring them through the lessons. But what do we do with the growing number of people as you are more incarnational who may be attracted to, again, your mission? Like, oh man, I'm really excited about what you're what you're all about: helping people, serving people, loving people, embracing people, bring them into community living out the gospel, but they are not as overtly or as consciously interested in, um, quote unquote, truth. It's like they love the embodied truth, but uh, their interest in, you know, intellectual truth may not be as as strong at at this point. Yeah, it's interesting because I never thought of that before until we started talking about this episode and realized that is so true, the direction that our church has gone and the direction that basically both you and I were brought up in of, you know, doing Bible studies or Mm -hmm. just that type of kind of single-minded approach. Um, And and don't get me wrong, those, you know, Bible Bible study lessons can be great. Uh, but not everyone is there. So when someone isn't at that point, but they're still interested in being a part of your life and loving your mission and loving your aspects, so then where do you go from there? Mm. Like, yeah. what do you do with that? Yeah, I think I think what I've what I've observed, it, and it's very interesting, is that um, a number of the people that you know, even the ones I was talking to this week who wanted to be you know become members, um, it's almost like it's too simple and easy. It's like we, we go through uh, the gospel, we go through the teachings of scripture, and we go to, um, you know, having this understanding of them. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Good. I'm, 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 uh, uh, sign me up for that. Like, 
like we're used to like trying to go through these painstaking Bible studies to convince people of the truth of this idea. And the ones that I'm like journeying with, they're like, oh yeah, sure. That makes sense. Like, yeah, we'll spend a little time in scripture, but it's like, you know, I think that's kind of good and bad. Um, like on the one hand, it's awesome because it's a lot more simple than we've made it out to be. Mm-hmm. But um, on the other hand, you also like, okay, is this person just um, accepting these ideas because they like our personality or they like the way that we treat them? But when we leave, you know, if we ever should leave, like, are they just going to like their their commitment to the Adventist church and the Adventist message? Is that just going to disappear once the personalities disappear? You know, that's kind of like, something I'm I'm wrestling with but um I think as I've interacted with people um and I have uh been kind of bouncing these ideas off of friends and off of colleagues and off off of fellow pastors I think um one of the issues might be is that I'm kind of approaching this question from the wrong framework and um it's like Maybe my question, the underlying question is, how much does a person have to know to become a member, you know, of our church? Uh, historically, we have, uh, you know, our we've presented our beliefs as this, like, list of intellectual facts that one has to agree with in mm-hmm. order to gain membership. Uh, you know, is that the purpose of the beliefs? Is that the purpose of membership? You know, our goal and I'm, you know, I'm being very like, uh, you know, this is maybe some would think this is a straw man, but um, our goal is to like get them to a place of being able to check off all the right boxes so they become members. Like, is that but is that the right question with this particular issue that I'm that, you know, that we're wrestling with that we're grappling with? In other words, it seems like we have prioritized membership instead of discipleship. Yeah, I think I think sometimes we have forgotten um, the journey that it takes each person to get to, like, where we are. Um, and I think we also have forgotten, like, how long it took us mm. mm-hmm. and, and that we're not even there yet. And that if you have someone members who are continuing to, you know, sit in church and not grow and not, um, continue to learn, Mm -hmm. like that's just as stagnant Mm -hmm. and just as, um, as stale as, you know, anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's totally true. I was visiting again with some other folks today and they're like, yeah, most, most church members, you know, just in general, um, we haven't matured past the day we were baptized. And again, because we have this model where we try to teach you up before you get baptized, and then we basically drop you. So we place a premium on people agreeing to the right mm-hmm. set of information because after that, it's just kind of like, okay, we got them there. We got them to the destination. Yeah, and it's so much easier. Like, I totally think it's so much easier. You know, when you see things in black and white, okay, let's just like check off these boxes and if all these boxes are checked well okay 
membership approved type thing. But life is not like like that at all. And I don't think Christ is like that at all. He takes each and every one of us separately and he looks at our situation, situation, he looks at our knowledge and he looks at uh, where we've come from and where we've been. And um, yeah, so we can't see things in black and white. I think, I feel like when it comes to membership, because just everyone has a different story. Mm, yeah. And I, yeah. So I, I, I agree. Like, I think um, we, you know, and I'm not, this is not a, a podcast whatsoever, an episode whatsoever to say, Hey, let's throw out as a seventh day Adventist, let's throw out the baptismal vows or let's say you don't have to agree with all of this information. But I do think that there probably could be a little more, um, a little more, uh, not subjectivity, but like, I, I want to, leniency. Well, yeah. Like case by case basis. Like, um, you know, is this person, I, I think, the 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 wrong question to ask is you know the wrong question is how much does a person have to agree with with as far as our fundamental beliefs before they can be baptized and join our church i think the more appropriate question is how willing is this person to grow in the gospel and how can we journey with them to get them to the place of being disciple making disciples if this person so like one of the things I, I've been thinking about recently is instead of, again, thinking about what is some minimal bar that I can get somebody to jump over before they can say, oh, yay, they're Seventh-day Adventist. That is a, a membership model. A discipleship, a multiplying model says, okay, how can I journey with this person so that, heaven forbid, if like literally they were the only Seventh-day Adventist or they were the only Christian left on earth. Like, how could the faith, how could Christianity be pop- propagated if this person was the only person on earth? Yeah, and you said a minute ago, you said a case by case, you know, take it by a case by case situation. And I think that's scary for a lot of us. I would say, even myself, where you think, oh, case by case, that means the rules are going to change mm-hmm. for everybody. But honestly, like, that's what Christ did. You know, he, he looked at Mary Magdalene. Magdalene different than he did Zacchaeus. He looked at Zacchaeus different than, you know, Joe over there. Mm-hmm. He he took everybody at different places and at different points in their life because that's where they were at. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, following I, that biblical model, it's although scary yeah. and so um I guess you could even say like unfair to a degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I guess again the the underlying question is okay, what is the what is the goal here? Like what are we talking about? First of all, are we talking about salvation? Like what does this person have to know or do to be saved? Well, um you can only be saved by the blood of Jesus. We know that. Uh whether a person has to consciously utter that name, you know, that's another episode. You know, obviously if they know the name of Jesus and we're discipling them in the name of Jesus, yeah, acknowledging Jesus is is important, but um, for salvational purposes, they don't have to have a PhD in theology. Like, and I think that's I think that's sort of what we have uh, implicitly thought um, with our evangelism uh, historically is that everybody has to be like really, really, really interested in deep theological issues. And if a person comes and they don't, if, if they're not just like, 
if they're just not salivating at learning about the 2300 days, then it, well, it means that they're not really interested in Jesus or they're not really a Christian or whatever. And uh, I used to like, admittedly, Camille, you're not really much into theologies, are yeah, well, you? We've mentioned that, I think, several times. <laughs> and I used to think, oh man, poor Camille, you know, she's heading in the wrong direction. I didn't think that. Oh, I did not think that. But I used to be like, what's wrong? Like, everybody should want to just feast on. And I used to think, what's wrong? Why are you so, like, theologically <laughs> yeah. minded? And I'm not at all saying that it, it, theology is not important. Like, I think it's really important. But a person needs to be able to grow into it. And if they aren't today saying, hey, I want to read my Bible from front to back three times in a row, you know, in the next month, like, that doesn't mean that they're not ready to be, that, that they're not saved. It doesn't mean that they're maybe not ready to be baptized. It doesn't mean that they're not ready to be a member. Those things will unfold. So we're not asking a question of, okay, what does a person have to do to be saved? We're not even asking a question about um, what do they have to do to become a member? Those questions to me, especially the second one, are not that important. The main question is, the goal we're trying to accomplish here is multiplication and reproduction of the character of Christ. As a matter of fact, Camille, you want to read this quote, Christ's object lessons I love. This is becoming one of my favorite quotes. Yeah, so the object of the Christian life is fruit-bearing, the reproduction of Christ's character in the believer that it may be reproduced in others. Mm, and I think, uh, yeah, definitely, that needs to be our goal. And I think... Sometimes we, mm -hmm. and I mean you and me and others, we've lost that goal where mm -hmm. we kind of thought like, okay, so oh great, this person's interested. Let's 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 get them the Bible studies. Let's let's check off the list. Let's get them baptized. Um, when you know we may never see that mm -hmm. with people that we're discipling, but I feel like my main goal, if I can share Christ's love and. Christ's character with somebody else, mm -hmm. and hopefully I can represent him well, then, then I've done my job as a disciple of Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the whole thing. That's the object. Again, we are so focused on, okay, how can I get this person to become a member? What's the bar they need to jump over? And that was found in um, Christ, book, Christ, yeah. Christ Object Lessons, page 67, yes. for those of you yeah. wanting to look it up at home. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So if the goal is fruit bearing, the Christian life is fruit bearing, the reproduction of Christ's character in the believer, that it may be reproduced in others. Again, that's multiplication. That's discipleship. That tells me that the goal is not simply to try to pump somebody's brain full of intellectual facts. Like, that's not the goal. Now, don't get me wrong, that can help accomplish the goal. That's definitely a part of the process is to expose someone more and more to truth and to who Christ is and who God is and his love and his, you know, heart of love and his character. But that's not the goal of the process. Mm -hmm. That is not the, the, the end point. As a matter of fact, there's another quote. We're just full of quotes here this last few minutes. As a matter of fact, when we focus too much on an intellectual journey that neglects the actual character development, that can be very detrimental. Elsewhere in the book Desire of Ages, I don't have the page number for those following at home, but <laughs> the author says, men may profess faith in the truth, but if it does not make them sincere, kind, patient, 
forbearing, heavenly-minded, it is a curse to its possessors, and through their influence, it is a curse to the world. So that's what happens when we we load up the whole ammunition on intellectual facts and truth, but it doesn't come into the character, character into the life, into the heart, into the emotions, into the you know the whole person. Is it just ends up being? And I think that that there is when you have Christ's true character, is when you can start seeing those gray lines where you don't see everything in black and white mm. and you can start seeing other people in where they've come from, mm-hmm. why they are the way they are. Um, and you know, I still have a lot of growing to do in that area. I know for myself. Um, but yeah, just, just looking at people the way Christ would, which definitely can be challenging, but trying to see, you know, from their side mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. And, and are they heading in the right direction? Like, do they, again, for me, like the wrong question is, does that person have enough information so that they can become a member of our church to, you know, regardless of what point they become a member, like along the way, and that can be a separate podcast, perhaps at some point, um, regardless of what, what point they become a member, are they displaying a conscious desire to become more like Christ? And are they wanting to learn more about Christ so that they can develop their character emotionally, spiritually, physically, psychologically, you know, spiritually, all these things, biblically? And am I placing them in position to be in life with people, whether it's myself, whether it's somebody else, where they are able to be discipled along that journey? That's that's critically important. Every person should be in a discipleship relationship with somebody who's discipling them and they're discipling somebody else. That's more important to me in my mind than whether or not, you know, they're a member or whatever or whether they're ready to be a member. It's like and I think that's one of the reasons why um we have these arguments about who can be a member, who can't be a member is because we have basically allowed membership to do the discipling instead of us as human beings. Like, okay, mm, that's you know a good what I'm saying? Point. Uh, so, so anyway, let me, let me just illustrate this by these thoughts that I've been kind of uh, wrestling with in my mind. Like sometimes when we ask the question, okay, what does a person have to know to be baptized? We will appeal to the story in Acts where Paul and Silas are in jail in Philippi and there's an earthquake and, uh, the jailer is about to fall on his own sword because he assumes everybody has escaped. And Paul and Silas are like, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Don't, don't do that. You know, we're all here. We haven't left. And the guy just right then and there is like, well, what do I have to do to be saved? He was so overwhelmed with, with uh, Paul and Silas's character. They of course had been singing praises to God, even though they were in jail prior. And that guy right then and there, or at least through that, as a result of their interactions that night, he and all his household were baptized and they became a part of, you know, the movement. And I think a lot of people will look at that story and say, okay, see, look at the Philippian jailer. This is, you know, shows that we don't need very much, uh, you know, um, uh, teaching when it comes to a person's readiness for baptism. And I totally, totally think that's the wrong question. 
The question is not how much information that the Philippian jailer have to know in order to be baptized and you know be saved, quote unquote. I think the more pertinent question is how much discipleship did Paul and Silas have to do with him to feel confident enough that when they left, which was actually the next day, they were forced to leave, so that when they left, the gospel movement did not just die out, but that he could promulgate Mm -hmm. and propagate that message. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think if you were to give yourself like a reality check, none of us Christians have it all figured out. We should all be growing in our knowledge and in likeness of Christ um, because membership is not a destination. Instead, it's a journey. Um, And most of us Christians, you know, slash Adventists, haven't really matured since us ourselves being baptized. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But anyway, don't miss that point, Camille, about the Philippian jailer. I think I did not miss the point. The the Paul and Silas, what they were trying to do was start a movement, not just get people baptized, not Mm -hmm. just people to join, quote unquote, the church. They were trying to start a movement. And so they had to disciple and equip people to the degree that they could say, when I leave, this movement is not going to die out. As a matter of fact, this movement is going to multiply and it's going to spread and so that tells me two things. Number one, they had to disciple them enough in enough of the Jesus story so that they could feel confident enough to, to leave. Mm-hmm. But it also tells me that they didn't load them with all the extra garbage that wasn't necessary to reproduce the movement. You see what I'm saying? Yes. In order to reproduce, it had to be simple enough, but there had to be enough there to get excited. Okay, so... Uh, yeah. So here's, here's the reality. Very few people just kind of like now going a different direction here as we wind it down. Very few people much to our maybe shock as Seventh-day Adventists are sitting there just craving to know the biblical and theological minutia. Um, they're not thinking about, you know, theology 24 seven. They're not just waiting for a brochure to come and say, oh, man, here's a seminar about the book of Daniel. Here's a seminar about the book of Revelation. Again, there's lots that are, but um, the majority aren't. And so we need to think about different ways to reach such individuals who aren't consciously worried about those things. And then when we do enter into life with them, we don't need to freak out when we encounter somebody and they say, hey, I'm not really into theology. I'm not really into the Bible. We say, okay, that's fine. You aren't now. But those conversations will come up. They will come up. Mm-hmm. And you know, just because they may not be into it right at the moment of you know, the journey starting with them, if they keep um, responding to life with us, then those conversations will happen and they will come up. So, for example, I'll just give a very easy example. This goes to, I'll I'll mention Pudge. We were having a conversation today. Pudge, who has been on this podcast before, um, he, when when we first met, he said, I don't care about theology. And so I was like, well, you say you don't, but you do, because everyone has some views on God. But, um, you know, he he just declared, you know, I'm not big into theological ideas or minutiae. And so, uh, but very, not too long after I 
rise that he is because we were reading the shack together for our book club and um then we you know we've been pudge and i have been studying scripture together you know in a very practical relevant way and so just for example today he's like hey i got a question for you uh why did uh why did god bring the flood like how does that jive with his character of love and guess what camille that's a theological question Wow. So um, those like those things come up, but they're not going to be the main entree. I think for most people who are um, not it's going to be more like a side dish. It's going to be more like a side dish, and that's okay. It, we want it to be a wholly integrated thing, anyway. Um, the grand goal again is to reproduce, you know, to to live out the character of Christ. And if they're drawn primarily into a loving community and they they uh, are feel embraced by it, that's gonna help in their healing. Yeah, and then also keep in mind when we've talked about this before, but you know, disciples discipleship is a slow process usually. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like drive up fast food service. We mm. must be starving. This is like our third reference to food here. I'm not. <laughs> I, have, I don't think I've referenced food at all, have I? You said main dish. Oh. I said side entree. I must... Or no, I said, I said side, main entree. entree. You I said, said side, side dish. dish. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a process. It's a process. Yeah. And it can be a long process. It can be decades. Mm-hmm. It can be months. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think meeting people where they are and if they're not in, if they don't want to sit down and have a Bible study, that's okay. You know, life is the Bible still, study. Have we had that episode? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, life is the Bible. You study. are the tract, which yeah. was in yeah. previous episodes. That's right. Um, and, and do that. Start from there. Yeah. Um, because that's that's the biggest sermon. And I know you all heard that illustration. You know, what you do and how you act is so much more impactful than, you know, opening up some Bible study lessons and, and telling people this is how we should act. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. really looking at, you know, your own life and letting people see that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be a holistic, integrated discipleship, life on life journey together. Um, like I said, I think the vast majority of people that will be leaning into uh, faith and leaning into life with us who are responding to the gospel through us, I think the majority of them are not going to necessarily be consciously trying to devour the truths of Scripture. I think some will, for sure. And I think their appetite for it, to use another food analogy, Mm. their appetite will increase as they spend more and more time doing life with us as we are people of the book and as we have those values and that uh, interest and the reality is we live the way we do not because we just happen to be humanists that like to be nice we live the way we do because we have embraced truths about God and the gospel and so the way we live is an outworking of those truths and so yeah we want to live life in such a way as Jeff Vanderstelt says that demands a Jesus explanation. So, you know, those conversations will spontaneously and organically arise. And again, the main question is, does 
person X does person, you know, John Doe, Jane Doe, are they um, expressing a desire to maybe not sign up for a PhD in theology, but at least say, you know what, I want to learn more about God. I want to become more loving. I want to grow in my maturity. I want to become a better person. Like those are the real important questions. And um, then we want to journey with them. So yeah, I'm I'm hoping that people who are listening were able to do you think they followed us through all the Hopefully. Ins and outs I feel and, like there's still more that we could even myself dive into and, and ask more questions about because I feel like it's kind of a little bit of a, a new I don't know, a new idea for myself at least mm-hmm. of you know, you can't put people in these boxes. You can't just okay, you know, like we said, black and white. It's it's very. Um, so many people are in the middle, just mm-hmm. like you are, just like I am, just mm-hmm. like Sean is. Uh, so how how do we do that? How do we reach people for Christ when mm-hmm. they are in the middle and they're not on that mm-hmm. hard line of oh, give me Bible studies, yeah, or just give me truth, else I die. Now, you know, there's certainly been people historically who've who've been there, and I think. Um, you know, scripture does say that if we don't have a love of the truth, uh, now, of course, I would argue that truth is holistic. It's not just a set of intellectual information. Jesus said, we need to find truth. I am the truth. Ellen White says that hanging upon the cross, Christ was the gospel. So it's a personal thing and it needs to be embodied by us. It needs to um, be experienced by us. It needs to be lived out by us. And then there is a story that stands behind that embodied truth and that is God's story. And so introducing people to that. Uh, but I think if I were to sum up, um, all that we've said, it maybe be this one phrase that church membership is a journey. It's not a destination. Is that, that's maybe if I could try to tie up everything. Yeah. uh, I may have mentioned that earlier. You may have. Yeah. That's, that was a good thought, Camille. Very good. (laughs) Uh, all right. Anything else as we wind down here, Camille, and we look forward to our 4th of July celebrations. I will not be running. I don't think I'll be running a 10 K this year as we do. Usually I think you should, we were talking about that earlier today, Cameron and Ben and I, you should run the 10 K on 4th of July. Yeah. Camille has been training for a half marathon. Have we mentioned that yet? She's learned that running is something she can do. And she can enjoy. She had she want she she used to run, but then she had knee problems. Although and, uh, some would like to say I didn't have knee yeah, problems. Uh, Cameron always said, "Who who tells who told you you have pain in your knee?" Anyways, we've worked it out, and I've I've really been enjoying the journey of training and mm-hmm. um and running with friends and uh, got to run with my dad this week, who's mm. in his seventies. Just and took up running like three years ago, four years yeah. ago. And uh, we did a 10K a couple days ago. So well, that was. Yeah, not an official race. No, 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 not an yeah. official race. We yeah. did, you know, Six, 6.2 miles or 6. whatever 2. it was um, a couple days ago. So that's, you know, that's special being able to run with. Not many people can say they can, you know, do mm-hmm. a 10K with their dad who's mm-hmm. in their 70s. So, yeah, yeah I've that's been right. enjoying it. Yeah. And maybe the 10K next 4th of July. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So thanks, guys, for listening. And uh, hopefully we'll be with you again soon. We're not making any promises because July is going to be really busy, but we love you. 
And we're signing out from Bangor, Maine. This is Mission Lab. Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris Ogay. Follow us on Twitter at MLabPodcast. Thank <laughs> you.